Oh, he loves the fire then. What a goal! This is the halftime show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Uh... Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. Coming up on today's show. Now it's one thing to represent your club team. But what if you had to join one of your local rivals in your international team? You see where I'm going with this? So let's say you play for Liverpool and I play for Manchester City. Now we're both English but our rivals in the league. And we have to join each other following a heated match to represent our country. The topic of the day is Raheem Sterling and Joe Gomez as they carry their rivalry into the England camp. Enough for the England manager to remove Sterling out of the game against Montenegro with Gomez nursing a scratch on his face. Now, how do you feel Sterling was dealt with if it was an important game, let's say against France or Germany? Would the manager have disciplined one of his best players the same way? Text us on 4215 or do or slide into the DMs on Instagram at Omar Alduri or Pulse95 Radio. Zlatan, that's another topic we're talking about today. He came, he saw, and he conquered. How good is that guy? Um, you know, he's he's been phenomenal in his career and what's coming up next for him? Probably one of the best athletes, I think. Uh, and at 38, still doing it big. We've also got Sonny Bill Williams, an example not just for athleticism but society and explains how his religion and faith has helped him become the man he is today. All this and more and the only place to be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the fire then. What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! It sure is that time when welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Durina. How are we feeling today? Inshallah, you're having an incredible weekend. The weather is on point and the vibe is always right. And shout out to Sam, I was in the studio at Pulse95 with me, sharing her weekend with me. Uh, we had a little surprise from the other co-presenters as well with Omnia and Aisha Mazmi as well. So thank you very much for jumping in on the Halftime Show and showing love. Now, taking a dip into the world of rugby for a second. Um... I'm fascinated by characters in the game, regardless of what sport, I always love to identify characters. And I'm fascinated by one character who has handled fame and the world of sport in a very interesting way. And his strength of character has come leaps and bounds since he started being more spiritual with his faith, with his religion. And I often don't talk about these things, but I like it when some people project a certain lie. And I came across this gentleman a while ago, Sonny Bill Williams. Some of you might know the name, who's a huge star for the All Blacks New Zealand rugby team. Now, it's 10 years since Williams became a Muslim while playing for Toulon in France after a period in his life where you could say he was wild and at the other end of the spectrum to where he is now. Williams, if you look at him, is a man mountain, standing at 6 feet 4 inches and weighing 17 stone. And he dominates a room when he walks in, but his imposing physique is in complete contrast to his modest, soft-spoken character. Now, Alhamdulillah means everything, he tells BBC Sport. Drinking a glass of water, he says, Alhamdulillah. Having the opportunity to speak to you, Alhamdulillah. 
speaking my wife and kids alhamdulillah and i always have my creator in the front of my mind sometimes i keep my head down on the ground in sujood because i know jesus moses and the prophet muhammad were in that position he says look i chased girls i drank alcohol spent lavishly and thought it was i was someone that i wasn't i lived that life and in my experience what did it give me hollowness and emptiness in my heart now what fascinates me about this man not just how he conducts himself as a man but as an athlete and a role model in the message he's projecting to the current youth and that's the future of the sport now in modern sports sometimes controversy and larger than life actions speak louder than those that are humble quiet and hard working but this is what i loved about sonny bill williams's story and this is what he had to say about his faith and his spirituality to become a better person and athlete this is pulse 95 you're listening to the halftime show podcast This is the halftime show with Omar Al Dhuri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful. It sure is that time. It's the halftime show with Omar Al Dhuri on Pulse 95, and I have to give a massive shout out to everyone who's slid into the DMs at Instagram uh, at Omar Al Dhuri on Pulse 95 Radio. Shout out to Dodi Najla Nihil. Everyone is tuned in. Thank you so much for you know for connecting with me and engaging with me in the commercial of music. Uh, now, the topic which I have to drop today is the phenomenal 38-year-old Zlatan Ibrahimovic. When do we ever stop talking about this guy? He is still going uh, and still performing at a very high level. Now, some people might question the MLS. But the 38-year-old uh, striker has enjoyed a successful spell at Major League Soccer since arriving from Manchester United in March 2018. He scored 52 goals in 56 appearances for the Galaxy. Now, he's not one for leaving quiet out the back door. Ibrahimovic posted a message on social media promising to continue his career and thanked fans for making him feel alive again. Now to the Galaxy fans, you wanted Zlatan, I gave you Zlatan. You are welcome. The story continues. Now go back to watching baseball. <laughs> you can't help but laugh when it comes to this guy because he is a true character and one of the very few um, you know let's say uh, out there uh footballers that you know doesn't really care who's watching you know who's commenting he does his own thing but what next for Zlatan now AC Milan and LA, uh, LA Galaxy have reportedly reached a compromise regarding Zlatan Ibrahimovic's move with the Swede set to join his former club on a six month loan it seems like ages since the Swede had left AC Milan to PSG but even by his own accord he didn't want to leave them and was forced out probably this is unfinished business in him returning to Italy because he could have returned to several clubs according to his agent but he chose AC Milan and it hasn't been confirmed yet but this might be an exclusive here on the halftime show he might be heading to AC Milan he's been successful wherever he's been and seems to thrive on a challenge whether it's a manager or a player there's something that sparks him off now just when we thought the MLS had no competition for him up jumped Carlos Vela and that's where the rivalry started and even in the UK when some people said his career was over again he elevated his career and did greatness now some might say he's a bit too much but you cannot help 
but say he does back it up. And having looked at his career, wherever he's been, he scored goals. At Malmo in 1999, he got 16 goals out of 40. At Ajax, it was more than just goals. It was more about technique and even his movement. Despite being out of favor with a few people, he scored 35 goals in 74 games. At Juventus, he got 23 goals in 70 games. At Inter Milan, his tally was fantastic with 57 goals in 88 games and then at Barcelona with all those egos he still managed to get 16 goals in 29 appearances but there is this thing about AC Milan which is un, you know unfinished he got 14 out of 29 and then went back and got 28 out of 32 in arguably his best percentage of tally when it comes to finishing chances PSG he scored 113 goals Uh, And Manchester United scored 17 and even now at 38 is still doing it big. So shout out to Zlatan who might be gracing the Italian league, which let's face it is on the up. It's not quite where it was in the 90s with Gazzetta della Sport. I'm not sure if you remember that program, but boy, I used to watch that every Sunday morning. It was fantastic. And speaking about fantastic, coming up next, Sterling versus Gomez. And for this, I have to put the Rocky theme on because it does seem like the fight is over. But if you tuned in earlier, I gave you a scenario on how you would handle a situation if you faced a rival at club level and had to meet him for international break. How would you respond? Stay tuned for more on The Only Place to Be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. Now, if you're just tuning in and mad at yourself for missing out on our shows, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. Just type in the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. And we've got some wicked topics, topics such as mental fitness, gut health, and how to elevate strength and conditioning in your performance. Now, Halftimers, I got a scenario for you. You have uh, a great, massive game, and you're playing the best team in the league. you face them, you lose the game, and unfortunately, one of the guys who is your international teammate gets into a fight with you. Can I get the gist of where I'm getting at with this? Right, okay. So, you lose the game 3-1. In the game, you have a little push with that person, and things get heated. Two days later, you join up with that same person who is your rival in your league, and you now play for the same team internationally, right? What means more to you, club or country? Manchester City faced Liverpool at Anfield in a title-deciding game when Liverpool won 3-1. Raheem Sterling, Joe Gomez, you know the story. They had a fight, little square up, nothing too serious, and they were separated. Now, when the pair turned up on England duty for the following day, witnesses say Sterling was asked if Gomez was still the big man. Now, I say this because the man, the pair then got involved in another argument and having to be pulled apart by teammates. The Football Associ- Association said the incident happened in a private team area. I don't think it was that private if there were cameras, social media and girlfriends watching. Now, because of that, Gareth Southgate was under pressure to drop Raheem Sterling for their game against Montenegro. In doing so, Sky Sports' Rob Dorsett wrote on Twitter, Understand LFC Joe Gomez appealed to Gareth Southgate not to send Manchester City Raheem Sterling home. 
before the England manager made his decision to drop Sterling for the Montenegro game. Now, the question is, would you as the manager deal with it in a different light if it had been against a different opponent like France or Germany? Because Sterling is by far one of the best players in Europe, let alone England. So if one thing is to make a statement, but it's also down to keeping the camp happy. And as Southgate, Southgate described to, the, to it, he said that they were kind of like a family. There again, in every family, you get disagreements, which you handle and move forward. Interesting, right? So text us on 4215, and tell me, how would you have dealt with the matter between Raheem Sterling and Joe Gomez? Plenty of things happening on here uh, in this situation. Now, Raheem Sterling uh, was applauding Gomez when he came on, but people started to boo him. Why would you boo an England player who hasn't been involved and there was a scratch across Joe Gomez's face which means Raheem Sterling had clearly put hands on him so the matter was kind of funny in the way it was dealt with I'm not sure if I would have gone public but having spoken to some ex-professionals they say it happens all the time but how would you have dealt with it if you were the player or if you were the manager and that's my question for you for the day Raheem Sterling versus Joe Gomez seems to be have squashed now if anything they both will probably play uh, on Sunday against uh, Kosovo, I believe, and everything should be fine. But was it treated the right way? Text us on 4215 at Slot or do or slide into our DMs at Instagram at Omar Duri or Pulse95 Radio. All this and more on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the halftime show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Adori. I'm your host covering everything sport, international, local. Now here's a question for you. How important is discipline in sports? Now, I ask this question because there's something going on in the modern game that's key. But if you were a manager of a club in any sport, how important is discipline in the makeup of your style of coaching? Now, think about that for one second. What sort of rules would you set? Would you treat all athletes the same, knowing if your star player would miss a game? Then it's hard because they didn't attend practice or live up to the levels of the other players. You might upset the dressing room or the camaraderie amongst them preferential treatment. Now I ask this because a certain football manager has recently set rules at Chelsea Football Club which has appeared to be very successful in how the club is run. Now Frank Lampard has specific rules and albeit has different let's say youth players who he has brought on board from loans from all sorts of different angles of the club and he hasn't been able to transfer any players in so he's had to keep everyone happy and by doing so, he set rules for the first team, the reserves, the youth, under-18s, under-20s, etc. And a lot of his starting players are actually performing very well. Now, if we look at this, he set uh, quite a few fines for the season. Now, if, for those who, who don't know, uh, at a football club, normally they set fines if you're late, uh, if, you know, if you're late for team meetings, if you're late for training, if you're late for matches. Now, I'm going to read a couple of these out for you and I'll post it on my Instagram at Omar Durian at Pulse95 Radio to show you um, the type of fines he set for the team. And this is probably why the team has been performing very well because everyone's been given the opportunity to 
uh, be on the same level, train at the same level, perform at the same level. And if you're late for match day uh, and you're the first team departure, you have to pay £2,500, folks. £2,500 if you're late for match day. If you're late for training, even if it's 15 minutes, that's another £2,500. If you're late for the gym, that's £1,000. If you're late for team meetings, it's £500 per minute. This is crazy, but this is working, right? If you're late for the start of training, £20,000, folks. That's right. Now, all these can accumulate, and in the end, you get a hefty bill from the club. Now, this is just a few things to, to note, but there's a lot of things in this. All fines are to be paid within 14 days, after which any fine outstanding will be doubled. Insane. So that tells you a lot about the way they're doing things at Chelsea, and all players have to follow this rule. Now, this has been signed by Frank Lampard and Chelsea Football Club have approved it. So that tells you a lot of what they're doing. Now I turn the question on you. Text us on 4215, or do. And how disciplined would you be as a manager or a coach? It doesn't have to be football. It could be basketball, it could be rugby, it could be cricket, it could be any sport. How disciplined would you be with your team? And also, Things are going well for Chelsea at the moment, but if things weren't going well, would the experienced players be acting out? And that's coming up to the full time on the Halftime Show. It's been a pleasure, guys. I can't wait to see you for the rest of the week. Every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, on the only place to be at 3, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.